0: You have to uplift yourself, nobody will come. So take care of everything that comes in your way. Failures will teach you more lessons than your success in business. Only we must be ready to take failures in the right sense. How happily we can do our job makes us whether we will be successful or failures.
1: Hey, you are listening to Dream 100 Business Show Podcast with Savita Hasamani. In today's podcast, we dive into the timeless teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, which literally means a song of the divine. Bhagavad Gita is a sacred scripture which is revered by many, but it is often perceived as difficult and complex. In a world where leaders like British Prime Minister, Mr. Rishi Sunak, took his oath on Bhagavad Gita. And Indian Prime Minister, Mr. Narendra Modi, urges Indian youth to read Bhagavad Gita, saying that it is a practical guide for life. Most of us get inspired and attempt to read Bhagavad Gita on our own, but we do not go very far, right? Reasons are many. Some of us even think that it is a Sanskrit scripture and do not even start few of us fail to understand the deeper insights and we give it up and some of us follow different paths of spirituality and feel that Bhagavad Gita is a religious scripture which is meant for the Hindu community only and not for other spiritual seekers. Today, we are privileged to introduce you to a remarkable teacher and his accomplished students who have not only studied the Bhagavad Gita, but have also succeeded in applying its wisdom to navigate the challenges of their diverse careers. So let's meet Shivaswami Guruguru, a master of Bhagavad Gita, who has dedicated over two decades plus in simplifying the shlokas and imparting the practical wisdom and business wisdom to people around the world. His journey began with a deep realization that Bhagavad Gita is just not a spiritual text, but it is a valuable guide for modern life. Joining him are three individuals who have embraced the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita in their own unique ways. We have with us Sujata Ramesh, a seasoned advocate with 25 years of legal experience in the Honorable High Court of Karnataka. Dr. Rajni Ashok Pai, an anesthesiologist and a psychologist practicing for 46 years. Murali Krishna, a senior product manager in a big MNC with over 15 years in the IT industry. Together, they will share their experiences and insights on how the Bhagavad Gita has become a practical and a transformative guide in their respective fields. So whether you are from any profession, be it a lawyer, a healthcare professional, an IT expert, a businessman, you will discover how the timeless wisdom of Bhagavad Gita can enrich your day-to-day life and reduce your work-life stress and help you to overcome the challenges of this fast-paced world. So now let's get ready to embark on a journey of self-discovery and practical wisdom as we explore how Bhagavad Gita can seamlessly integrate into our daily lives. So on that note, I welcome all of you to Dream 100 Business Show podcast that bridges the gap today between ancient philosophy and modern success. So without any ado, let's dive in. A very warm welcome to each one of you. We are truly blessed to have Shiva Swami Guru Balu with us uh, today. Let's deep dive into this conversation and see how uh, they have implemented Bhagavad Gita in their daily lives and how we can take insights and start implementing Bhagavad Gita in our lives as well. So with this, uh, I welcome each one of you. Namaste Shiva Swami Guru Balu.
0: Namaste,
1: namaste. The first and foremost question I would like to start here with is with Shiva Swami Guru, Guru We all know that all of us want to attain success in our lives. At each stage of our life, success means differently to different people. But how can we be successful in every sphere of our lives?
0: Thank you, Santa. It's a very interesting thing to notice that Bhagavad Gita is for all. Start a Guru. Shri Krishna who teaches all people how to lead their life. First of all, he wants us to recognize our abilities, Swadharma. So, Swadharma makes us become successful in our profession. If we venture into somebody else's profession without having perfect attitude in that, definitely it's going to be a failure. So, Krishna says, Recognize your sadharma. Recognize your ability. Whatever profession you can do for your capacity and your ability, take it up and be a successful man in the field you are in. It applies to be a great corporate sector man who has started a new business, and it also applies to a few who is doing his job in an office. How happily we can do our job makes us whether we will be successful
1: or failures. Amazing. So, in this uh, concept, uh, when you say that how happily we can do our jobs, uh, be it success or failure, I would like to uh, just pose this question to your uh, student, Mrs. Sujata Ramesh, who is a practicing uh, advocate. So, here, success for you means winning cases for your clients, of course. Can you tell us an insight where uh, you would have failed to win for your client and how did you handle uh, this kind of uh, failure personally also?
2: Yes, Savita, thank you for the question. Success In my profession, success is always measured by winning the case. But failure always means it is uh, not a good sign for an advocate. But as you said, how I faced it, Yes, I faced it in the very beginning of my profession. Four years I worked as a junior lawyer with one senior lawyer and the profession seemed very lucrative, nice. And then I started my independent practice and my first case which I got was a rejected case. Nobody was willing to take it up. It was a case of a defense personnel who was retired because of some injury to his leg. And he got some compensation about which he was not happy. But as per the law, he was not supposed to get more. It was not a winning case, so every lawyer refused it. My friend told me, take it as a challenge. Because it was a personal case, I somehow I got emotionally attached to the case, which is not a good sign. But it is the beginning of my career, and it is natural for every junior to get attached to the case. According to me, I have put in my best and it was a prestigious case because it was presented before the Honourable High Court of Karnataka. And I lost the case in the first attempt itself. And it was such a huge disappointment, I felt I am not cut out for this profession and I came with so much of disappointment back to the house and I told my husband, I am quitting. I cannot go forward because as a junior, I was very successful. But as an independent lawyer, I have lost my very first case. And one question he asked me, are you a loser? You're not a loser. You have to fight back. And then my journey began with the roller coaster ride, with lots of ups and downs. It was not smooth. I felt at that time, God was very kind to me. And I got a lot of advice from my family, my friends in the profession and everything. And my life moved on in profession. I was pretty successful it doesn't mean that I was successful in all the cases I have lost some cases I have won many cases but then the journey was with a lot of turbulence but I stabilized myself but then in the year during COVID through my relative I got connected to Bhagavad Gita class of our Guru Galo Shiva Swami Guru Galuk. and as I was listening to his discourse it really struck me I realized oh my god where I've lost my inner thinking, what advice I got during my course of professional life was nothing but what Krishna has told Arjuna during his uh, confusion. See, these are the problems you have to come. I got it through my relatives, my family, my friends, and all. It is nothing. So, what I felt was, I. No, every problem of every human's life, whether it is a lawyer's profession or anybody else's profession, answer lies in Bhagavad Gita. All we have to do is we have to knock at the door. We have to learn that. We have to see that. I felt if I had learned it before, probably I would have been in a better position in my professional life. I wouldn't have faced so much of turbulence. I was introduced to Bhagavad Gita from my birth. My father was a great scholar, and he was an advocate. But then when I started my profession, I had no time to read Bhagavad Gita. Then I made an agreement with Krishna. I said, at the age of 60, I will come back to you. And he ensured that at the age of 60, I was at Gurugan's doorstep listening to his discourse so what I realized I might have left Krishna but he didn't leave me wow. but he taught me a lesson I went through some turbulence in life but he did help me and I could relate to every advice through Guru Galo discourse and what I say is everybody should read and understand Bhagavad Gita at an early age which will help them to build their confidence not like facing difficulty, going into sulkiness or to depression and then taking advice and then come back. No, if you read it initially, it will definitely help. And either, either Shia Swami Gurugala or some Gurugala will definitely come into everybody's life to show the light. This is my personal experience, which I'm very happy to share with you thanks a lot um, savita
1: yes as you rightly put it whenever a student is ready the teacher appears so yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for sharing uh, this uh, super insight uh, with us and for our listeners and i'm sure most of our listeners are ready and that is why shiva swami guru has appeared today on our podcast so on that note i would uh, like to bring in uh, dr rajni pai as well into this conversation to understand uh, like as Gurugali was saying about uh, success uh, how happily you treat both the success and failure as a doctor uh, you would have started facing uh, numerous uh, uh, wins in your life and especially for doctors what happens is patients treat them as uh, second gods when their lives are saved and when you cure uh, people you are put on the pedestal almost equal to god and at such times uh, there are chances where success goes to our head Uh, it is normal because we all are human beings so as doctors how do you keep yourself grounded and not let, let success go into your head and has there been an instance where you felt that success went into your
3: head? That was a very good question, Savita. Yes, as doctors and when a life which was practically being sniffed out because of an ailment or because of a heart attack or any condition that the person was suffering from was uh, practically lost but by the CPR or by our efforts, human efforts, the patient comes back to life, gets onto the ventilator and then comes out of the ventilator and the ICU, walks back home. Well, that success pushes our ego on a different pedestal. This ego, as uh, you rightly pointed out, how successful have we been in uh, controlling it or when it creeps in, how you handle it? Well, let me tell you, ego is the first thing which just establishes itself into us at the start of the day, when we start seeing patients. I am doing this. I have seen this patient, I have got him better. And in the due course, when the person comes repeatedly for the follow-ups and I find that the person is getting back to recovery road and doing things what I handle these mentally ill cases, those who are having some emotional problems as well as psychiatric problems. These people, when they get back into the social network and social stream and they're doing successfully well, that I, which I did it, comes up with great force. Now, Raining in that ego and coming back to the ground uh, is a very difficult task. You like to be in that halo for some time. But when you reflect back, and, and especially at this later age of my life, 74, I realized that the, the tablets which we prescribe, like we prescribe chlorpromazine, which was in uh, discovered in the uh, 1951s and 52s by Paul Charpentier in a French lab in France. We use the medicine. Nobody knows Paul's name at all. We prescribe this medicine and the person gets better. No thanks to Paul at all. So similarly, Sushruta, was supposed to be our first person to have introduced medicines, including plastic surgery and surgery at different phases. Nobody remembers Sushruta. We don't pray to him. We take the Hippocrates' oath, but not the Shushruta oath. So there are so many things which we need to have an insight into, which we need to make ourselves humble to realize that We are not the main people to get these patients treated well. One thing is that I sit across the table and advise a lot of things. But it is for the person to take up that advice and go ahead in life. If they have taken it up in the right way and gone ahead in life, yes, they they have recovered fully. Those who have not taken it up or have given up the medications or not come regularly for follow-ups and uh, not tapered off their medicines as desired, they go in for side effects. They go in for these ups and downs and relapses. Now, when they come back to us, after a lot of doctor shopping and coming back to us, keeping our emotions in rain by not getting angry with them or even uh, rebuking them for not having kept up their uh, regular follow-ups to be calm and understand their viewpoint as to why they changed their doctors. It is uh, any human being's weakness when somebody says that, See, you don't have to take all this. You can go to the paramedical forces like Jyotishi. You can go to an astrologer, get things done, do some pujas and get out of this problem. For the person who is suffering and is an immediate relatives, it is just the end point which is required. You get better, yes, you will take that. Even I would have done it. So you pray to a particular God and you get a particular relief. Yes, do it. But with all this, what we tell them in our chambers is, you pray to any god, you eat any type of food, you do anything, but don't give up the medicines because they take you along these course. In the next two years for any other psychiatric problems and for epileptics, a five-year course, you are totally out of the ailment. That much amount of science advancement has come through. And um, uh, a human being can probably say that we have got control over the whole ailment. But relapses are totally unavoidable. And when a person comes back with a relapse, the relatives are also in distress and we are also in distress. So our ego is never under rain at any point of time. It just creeps in at every point. But today, I can say definitely, when I start my day in the morning, it is with total surrender to God, which Gurugan has told us. You better start your day, seven, cha- seven Shloka of Chapter 2. Karpanya Dosha Pata Swabhava. When Arjuna totally surrenders to Krishna, it is then that Krishna takes him along this path. So today morning, I, as soon as I get up, I surrender myself to God. Please give me the right thoughts for the right patient at the right time. To prescribe the right things and guide him in the right way with whatever problems he has. And previously the last prayer would be at the end of the day. But now no. After every patient, as soon as he walks out of the chambers, I say a silent prayer. God, please look after him. I am just an instrument in your hands to dole out whatever has been my profession. And as uh, Gurugal just said, swadharma is the first thing which you need to attend to. My dharma is to sit in the morning in my chambers, look at the patients, see them, go for my regular rounds and advise them what is required and then make a slow exit letting God do the rest. So this amount of Ankara which had gone to its peak has come down to its level. I feel really humble that I can do this. And main is the example of Gurugali in front of our eyes. Gurugali is in ashram looking after his family, his wife, his children and his grandchildren. And at no point of time has asked us to renounce our uh, uh, day-to-day activities and go to the Himalayas and sit and pray and do tapas. No. Even about the food, the way Gurugali explains in the Bhagavad Gita, well, so many times I've gone on a guilt trip as to what I've eaten and done. This guilt trip also has come down. And I'm at peace with myself and I'm very much calmer now. So, all uh, my prayers to Guruguru to lead me further every day. And as I have already told you in before in my uh, conversation with you, my only remorse is being in Shumuga, I, have not, I was not able to meet Guruguru <laughs> till 21. <laughs> After 21, I've tried to make best use of the time. And I hope I will be able to make all the use when... Uh, Gurkhali business in uh, uh, Bangalore. And when he comes to Shimoga as well. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Awesome. One thing, Sarita, I would like to tell
0: The problems that we have got of three nature. They could be physical problems. They must be attended with the physical remedies. There could be mental problems. They are to be attended by uh, psychiatry and other mental associated people. There could also be a problem which is spiritual. Spirituality will make a man wonderfully composed. As uh, Rajini Paijesh said, it will keep a man relaxed. Because, as she said, we have a trust in a great cosmic consciousness which can guide me if I surrender. She said the seventh shloka of Bhagavad Gita, this shloka is like this. He first went on telling, this problem will arise if I wait, I have to kill these people, they are all great and so on and so forth. Ultimately realizes there could be some other remedy in Shri Krishna. He says to him, then he says, I am not in a position to understand because I am in a tension. Please guide me. I accept you as my guru. Advise me, he says. Only then Krishna gets a right to advise Arjuna. So far also the people, if, we, if they think there, is, there could be a spiritual solution for their problem or for, for maintaining themselves, they have to come to Bhagavad Gita.
1: Awesome. You mean to say the quality of acceptance has to start first and then surrendering slowly starts uh, happening. Though uh, physically uh, at a conscious level, we might tell that we have surrendered, but to actually surrender from your inner being is also a process. And uh, that is where uh, external guidance is very much required, I feel. Awesome. So here, uh, coming back uh, to our... uh, talk on uh, are we actually leading our lives happily even when we are put in challenging uh, situations uh, like uh, as you were telling when we are in confusion we are not able to make uh, decisions our tensions and uh, other things take over and we start making illogical uh, decisions though things are quite clear at the moment we are not able to look at it So here in this uh, context uh, of discussion, I would like to uh, bring in uh, Murli Krishna, who is a senior product manager and who's been handling teams uh, in various uh, corporate sectors. So uh, handling teams is a challenge by itself because people come from different backgrounds and they carry different kinds of emotional baggages. And when they come to work, they put all these uh, baggages in a different Uh, form which starts showing uh, in work so would you please uh, throw some light as I understand you are one of the oldest uh, students (laughs) of Gurugalu who has been uh, implementing Bhagavad Gita in your practical uh, day-to-day life for a very long period of time. Having imbibed these qualities of Bhagavad Gita, how do you think you are able to face the challenges and bring the teams into harmony which is a challenge by itself?
4: I think the key is when you use the word harmony or harmoniously, how can you solve the conflicts and bring it. Conflicts or point of friction do happen every day, everywhere, that's a part of life. Uh, And so it does happen at workplace as well. But then resolving them in a very harmonious way, I think that is where the challenge A couple of reasons that I've found over these years why um, uh, conflicts do arise and, and they would be very depending on the situation, such as a communication gap or one or all parties involved are not seeing each other's picture or there's a loss of big picture. They're like very tunneled or very surgical focus, um, And oftentimes there's also a human ego that comes in, various reasons. The the actual way you would solve the conflict, resolve the conflict and bring them together would differ depending on each one of these situations. But there is an underlying principle at the base of which that I have found has been a game changer and something that kind of dawned upon me during the Bhagavad Gita classes. Gita talks about Sakshi Bhava, getting involved and executing the tasks without being attached to it, without being succumbed to it. In journalism I've heard people say bring a story you don't be a part of the story if there's a war going on we want coverage of it if there is riots going on we want coverage of it. We don't want the journalists to get killed in the riots and that itself becomes the story similarly and this holds true extremely you know well if you're trying to resolve conflicts among your teams or team members or your teams who are trying to execute projects across you know with other teams you know, in a cross-functional uh, setup, You don't want as a manager or a leader to succumb to it and you itself become a part of the problem. So, you know, standing aside and then looking at it from a, you know, witness point of view, looking at everybody equally. So the second aspect of it, you know, one is you want to be the, you know, the Sakshi Bhava. Don't get involved into the story itself. And then something that. You know, is very resonating, echoing in every corporate world today. Is diversity and inclusion. We want to be treating everybody equally. There's a very nice statement referred in Bhagavad Gita also. It says that you know, no matter who it is, a learned scholar or you know, a, a person who eats dogs' meat and lives outside the city, you know, an elephant, a king, everybody would have something of their own. And hence, everybody should be, you know, respected. Everybody should be treated well. Not equality for the uh, sake of equality, but you know, uh, equity. If we apply that, everybody who's involved in a, you know, in a situation, working for you, working with you, working to, uh, you know, towards the same goal, would all have some special qualities. So, if we could acknowledge that, respect that, and then just make them feel that you've understood it. Usually, people do come the other half of the bridge to be able to resolve. I think these things, when I started bringing into practice at work, it has, you know, it has been quite a game changer. You know, the, the amount of, uh, you know, co-working, uh, the amount of working together, and the harmony between the teams have drastically increased.
1: Uh, we all know that knowing is very much different from doing. How do you think you brought in that uh, effect of Sakshi Bhava, that is the witnessing, into your work?
0: That's exactly what Bhagavad Gita teaches uh, anyone, how to learn Sakshi Bhava. In every chapter, he says, follow this, you will get this, follow this, you will get this. Nowhere he makes an advice where he doesn't say the way to get that advice. done. So, Murali has
4: that. Thank you. Continue. Okay. So I think there's repetition and reiteration. I would say, you know, at the very outset, at very base level, I would say, you know, if you go through classes, if you read it, there is nothing in Bhagavad Gita that may sound new to you. It would be very common. You would have heard in you know quotes, quotations, reels, and whatnot, and you know everywhere these days. But the way it helps out is through repetition and reaffirmation. To me, the way it worked out is, okay, you know, you should not get involved in it. Don't be bothered by the world around you. It's not the first time I heard it. But the fact that it has been told in Bhagavad Gita and people have been following it for thousands of years tells me that this is not unachievable or this is not wrong. This is the right thing to do. It gives a reaffirmation. And then repetition. In fact, in Bhagavad Gita itself, Arjuna says, these things are very nicely said. It is easier said than done. Krishna, how do I practice it? I think 6th or 8th chapter, he does ask the same question and I would want to quote the same answer that he says. By practice, you can get it done, right? So repetition and reaffirmation, these are the two things that help me bring these things into practice. I can probably bring an example and, and share with you also. So I, uh, I attend the classes every day and listen to his YouTube recordings every day. It's not made me more religious. I'm not spending more time in the puja house, but I can tell you I'm spending more time enjoying life. It's because of this reason that repetition. The more you repeat, just of human nature, we will just keep getting on us. Uh, and Bhagavad Gita itself has a, you uh, know, uh, acts as a reaffirmation that this thinking, this line of thought, is rightful. So, one example was I had, uh, you know, two teams who were working on a project. They were in different geographies, and then one was based here near me, and I could see that person. You know, a couple of people in the team. Working really long hours. Uh, they start early in the morning due to family situation and so on. And then because this was like a twelve-hour difference, the other team, you know, comes in much later, which is late evening for us. And so this, you know, these folks in in that in this team near me geographically, they had to take evening calls to be able to resolve. And and this was a project which required constant communication. So the team in the other geography had to, you know, kind of adjust. They had to make way. But it so happened that for weeks and weeks, this particular team ended up spending 12 hours or 14-hour days because they start in the morning, finish their work, and the meeting starts late in the evening. So the question does come up, why do we always have to take the meeting in the evening? Can the other person not take so that everybody has a balance? One, One set of teams are doing like seven, eight hours a day, and I'm doing 14 hours a day. This is a constant conflict that I think most of us face in companies these days. And the way to resolve that is, of course, you could have a conversation, make them understand. And at that point in time, the person who was working shorter in a duration, the two people who are working there had a point that, oh, you know, I can understand it's difficult for you. But I have a life situation where I have to take my kids to the school in the morning, bring them back from school in the evening. It becomes very difficult for me to do. I, the reality of the world is the same situation applies to both sides. They also have commitments. They also have family to, to take care of, and so on. So, how do you resolve this? I, I, you know, the simplest way is if you could react to it and say that so what? So does everybody have a life? Everybody has family, and then it could turn into offensive. I think it's a in you know, a the path that kind of helped me work well is. Oh, okay, so you know, acknowledge the fact that they have a kid, so they have a kid or kids, and it's difficult, they have to manage all those balance, you know, all those acts, and how difficult has it been, and then a 10-15 minutes conversation, and then you know, and then explain the situation of the other side, and then say that. I can help in pitching. Can we resolve it in a different way? Would mid part of the day work better for you? Do you want to put your kids to sleep? And then, you explains examples of others that have been resolved in the past that many a times they put kids to sleep when it's a young, you know, toddler or, a, or an infant. And then they come back and work for a couple of hours at 10 PM so that they're able to acknowledge. And and so now there are these kids of the other parents who are missing out because their parents are working for 16 hours a day. It takes a lot of conversation, but then the fact there is not to take it personally, not to be a part of the story. And then, you know, really respect that. You know, a lot of people say that this person is really a hooligan. They're just not, uh, you know, they're not respecting anybody. They're just being a very bad-minded, insensitive people in a relationship. Should I even respect them? One thing that I've found over these years is, yes, please do respect and go ahead. And and the respect that you give does not go waste. At some point in time, it does turn people around and then make them understand and come back to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. So uh, respecting the differences uh, and then uh, responding instead of uh, reacting makes it an inclusive uh, atmosphere rather than a uh, conflicting atmosphere. Indeed. Awesome. I love the fact of what you said that reiterating every day uh, that has helped you. I hope uh, this helps our listeners as well. Here again, we have a uh, certain few questions from our uh, business owners, where I would uh, like uh, Guruvalu to answer these uh, kind of uh, situations, especially in the uh, for people who come from the business world, when two businesses uh, who are big brands by themselves. but who sell the same product. For example, if it is uh, coffee, they sell the same product. And we see that, especially in malls, uh, all these coffee shops are next to each other. But we see that uh, one coffee shop is lined with uh, customers and people are willing to stand in queues and they're buying the same coffee, paying a higher rate. Or almost the same rate, but the other coffee shops do not have that kind of business. So it is not easy for a person, for a business owner sitting over there who has invested so much amount of money, and he feels that what is wrong with my business? What is or what is wrong with me? So how do you think a person can address his own inner conflict at that point of time? So
0: what you said eh, brings to my mind what Krishna says.
1: So in usual
0: case, God did not bless us, that's why we failed. That's what they think. Not at all. They have to consider all things. Krishna says, there are five points responsible for your success or failure in your life. Not just God. One is the physical body. Adisthana, he says. I'll tell the sloka, then i explain Adhishtanam Tata Karta Karananja Pratak Vidam Vidascha Pratakchestaha Daivam Chaivatrapanchavam. Wonderful he says. This is said in Sankhya Krishna says, Adishtanam is the body. Supposing your hotel has, has everything, you make a bad man, a beggar with a dirty smell sit in front of it and you don't recognize him. I can tell you a joke about it. A beggar was of like that was sitting in front of a man's hotel where people did not like to come into that place where he was smelling dirty, and the hotel owner was bright. I will give you a hundred rupees each day. Sit in front of that hotel. So he went uh, in front of the in the uh, to the front hotel. This man got his job. So there are something adhishthana means physical appearance, physical ability, and the second one Krishna says is karta how much will i have to do this how much i can dedicate myself to do this adhisthana is physical body karta is the willpower supposing he feels that i my friend is working in a such a big office i have to run a hotel if that small doubt creeps in his mind he won't be a successful one. he must be proud of his hotel that is karta the will willingness must be there Karvancha pratuk vidaha Beautifully, Krishna says, uh, Karna means our Indriyas. Supposing your are, you are person who makes coffee doesn't know the taste of coffee. He makes a coffee which he thinks right and gives it to the people. So is the case with Masal Dasa, whatever product you are selling. You have a wrong man. So if that is right, Adiṣṭanam Karna Pratag Vidaha, that's it. He hasn't got the aptitude to find out which is the best thing that he can make. And then, there are other things with Prutak Chesta. External circumstances. Where he did learn to make dosa or coffee or whatever he has learned, or where the owner has taken this guidance from. That is external situation. He has not been taught well, he, is, he, he may fail in that regard. And the last one happens to be God. That's what Krishna says. So if you fail, don't blame me first. Look back to yourself. Do you have your body right, mental situation right, willpower right, external situations right? If all are right and one is, right, it could be one part. I I give the example of students for whatever profession they have been doing. This example suits. top re- ranking students have same IQ, but how is that a boy gets a, gets first rank? Every question everybody could answer, but there is one question which this boy, particular boy could answer, so he gets the first place. There is also a divine grace in that. So if all five uh, points are taken into perfect consideration, a man cannot fail in business. If it is only for business, anything could be a business. Say for example, for a businessman, it it is business making and selling and other things. For for a spiritual leader, it is his business is to find out uh, God. In all these angles, there are five events to be considered. That's what Krishna says.
1: Awesome. Very beautifully, you brought out uh, those points of uh, how uh, a product uh, has to be very good and Without knowing your product and without doing the market research, uh, if you try to sell your product, it can uh, bring in a lot of uh, failures, which most of us tend to ignore because we think that we have uh, pumped in a lot of money. The infrastructure is good, uh, but there are different aspects uh, to it as well. My next question. This has been a very practical situation. After 10 or 15 years of business, they attain a high level of success. And after that, banking on that uh, success, what they do is they go and uh, start expanding their business and start taking a lot of debts because they are so much confident that success is going to follow them. And as they start taking uh, financial resources and they pump into to the new business or to the new expansion and they start facing failure, at such point of time, they feel that I have all the capabilities and all the qualities of a successful person. And because of this huge financial debts, uh, they try to find uh, immediate solutions. And then people tell them, why don't you perform this puja? Or why don't you go to this astrologer? Or you haven't done this. Like as you were mentioning about the divine grace, they think only the divine grace is missing in them. And every time they try to attract the divine grace, it keeps going away from them. So, at uh, such situations, uh, oh, what are your thoughts for such business owners?
0: Krishna says one perfect thing in 6th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. You have to uplift yourself, nobody will come. It's a wonderful slogan. That is, You have to uplift yourself. Nobody will help you. So take care of everything that comes in your way. You set up a business, how he fails in future. I give you an example. There is what's called a pager which came in the meantime. Our phones came and then before our mobile internet came, there was what's called pager. pager. The intention of the pager was to give information to the man who was supposing he is a doctor, he is in the farm. If there is a serious patient in the hospital, they can send a message to, through the pager to him. They started doing it. Before they established the, the pager towers, it was there in Shumurga and neighbor to my house. The mobile came and pager totally lost it. They had to remove it. So a businessman must be aware of the world around and the need of the people every time he does it. Only then possible. And it is with Bhagavad Gita it is possible I can give the example of Rishi Sunak. He said, I am guided by Bhagavad Gita. When a man takes the responsibility of a country and says I am guided by Bhagavad Gita to meet the challenges that come in my life, doesn't it apply to a businessman who is definitely not to that attention-oriented job? So Krishna tells us, to be careful with the affairs. Defeats come, face it. Change the direction. And uh, repeated efforts may teach you a lot. There is one thing which uh, Krishna says uh, in one of the shlokas. Uh, it's a wonderful shloka, and once again, whatever you have done good, it will never fail. If it doesn't work here, it will definitely help you. Your failures will teach you more lessons than your success in business. Only you must be ready to take failures in the right sense. Wonderfully, he says to Arjuna, You have to fight. There is no other go. If you die, you will go to Virswarga. If you win, we have a country to rule. In both the cases, you must not be worried. A business must have this concept. Mm -hmm. Unless he has this concept, he cannot be a successful businessman.
1: Mm We are almost coming to the end of this conversation. With artificial intelligence uh, coming in, this uh, generation has got access to all kinds of information instantaneously. computer can be the best teacher because as soon as they put the question, they get their answers immediately. So without a teacher in place, uh, it is uh, quite difficult to understand uh, life's uh, challenges and deal with. To be happy in life. See, you can uh, get answers, but to actually uh, uh, handle that situation in a happy way or uh, to uh, lead your journey happily. A teacher's presence is very essential, is what uh, our experiences say. So, how do you communicate this to the next generation? That
0: I generally tell this with a small example. Bhagavad Gita is like vaccination we can, which we can take. When I fail in my business, I cannot go back to find out what was there in Bhagavad Gita that is going to it after failure. Suppose you have taken the vaccine of Bhagavad Gita before you venture into the world. Then you know that there could be two things. Failure which you will be prepared to take. There could be success which you not have a headweight nature later. You can politely continue the journey of life.
1: Awesome. As you said,
0: we get all information on internet. Why do we need a teacher? If, if you, anybody says, never possible. Unless a boy goes to a school, he cannot think of learning anything. And every everybody, every businessman has also got an idea of like some other businessman who succeeded in his life. By itself, I cannot make any experiment. All previous knowledge to be taken before we proceed to the further part of our experiment or manufacture or whatever you want to say so by itself we cannot learn anything there's a history behind us know it go ahead and get success
1: yes awesome teacher is the one who will guide us when we fall down where exactly we we fell down to point out that mistake, a teacher is very much essential. I completely agree on that note.
0: <laughs> I consider that the greatest teacher happens to be Krishna. That's why we say him Jagat Guru, Krishna Munde Jagat Guru munise He can teach anybody who has come with a pain painful heart will get a solution in Bhagavad Gita.
1: Wow. Amazing. So, before we uh, end this conversation, I would like to ask uh, all the participants here to summarize Bhagavad Gita in one line. Uh, That would be uh, great. (laughs) Sujata Ramesh, would you like to go first? (laughs)
2: Yes, difficult question to summarize Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita has got the potential to change your life, make you confident. And as Guru Galo said, to accept defeat and victory in a very humble way, Call immense peace or immense stability to the inner self and live life in a better manner. That's all I can say. That's what I learned from my father and my Guru Galu, Vishwa Swami Guru Galu. One sentence, Bhagat Gita will give you Confidence to live life in a better manner. That's all. Awesome. So, Mudli, would you like to go next?
4: I would echo on the fact that it's very difficult to say, uh, you know, that I can summarize Bhagavad Gita in one line, but I think I, here I'll I'll take refuge of one of the famous writers of uh, Kannada, DVG. Um, if I were to just summarize in one line, I would say Bhagavad Gita is Jivana Dharma Yoga. It just tells you how to live life in a peaceful and happy sense. End that's the goal of life, and you it will help you achieve the life. Don't think of next life, after life, nothing. Your present life is awesome. That's how you can make it. Mm -hmm.
3: Super. So, Dr. Rajni, would your thoughts on this? Having read Bhagavad Gita at 6:30 in the morning in the class and then facing it prepares me to take any situation or any vicissitudes of life. In the right way, without being perturbed, without injuring myself in my health or in my mental peace of mind, and just go ahead till the end of the day in the same equanimity which I would like to face the world, and uh, with the Guruji's word which keep echoing in our minds all the time, it's like Krishna coming directly through Guruji to us to guide us on this path. It's like a torchlight which leads on a dark pathway. I have some external supreme force behind me to take the right path. Amazing.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Guru Guru, your uh, uh, thoughts.
0: Krishna says a wonderful thing. You remember me and do, do your work. But there is one doubt that may freak Can I remember God always uh, when I do my work? Things, sometimes two things cannot attack by the same place. Either you have to remember God or you have to concentrate on your work. That's why Krishna says, At all times, remember me and fight. Remember me before you start your job, when you end your job, remember. I usually tell a story, I think we can end with a story. Yeah. <laughs> a ship was moving around. And there was a hole uh, in the bottom of the ship. On the deck of the ship, there was a great priest, religious leader. The captain of the ship was an atheist. He wanted to teach a lesson to the priest who was sitting on the top of the deck. He came and said, Swabiji, there is a hole in the ship, uh, bottom of the ship. Water is gushing in. Can I call all people here to pray? Let's pray if you are... Prayer can save all of us. I will call all of them to come to the deck to pray. Will you teach us prayer? He asked. Thinking that uh, the priest would give a wrong answer. But priest was great. Don't bring anybody here. You just pump and pray. Remember God. Pump out the water you will drink. So that's what Krishna tells us. To remember him. Fight your war. Thank you.
1: Awesome. So on that note. uh so, thank you so much. It was wonderful. And uh, thank you for all the um, participants as well. Uh, you come with your immense experience and uh, uh, you have shared your uh, life experiences uh, with uh, us on this show. And uh, definitely, it will add a lot of value to a lot of people. So, thank you so much.
0: <laughs> I also thank all listeners. If Bhagavad Gita influences them, I am blessed. Hmm.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank, you, Sarita. thank, you, thank you, Sarita.
3: Thank you, Sarita. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Gurugale. Isn't it wonderful to learn the invaluable lessons from Shivaswami Guru Galu to navigate our work-life challenges? I express my immense gratitude and thank Shiva Swami guru and his students, Sujata Ramesh, Dr. Rajni Pai and Murli Krishna for their patience, love and sharing of their real-time experiences. A special mention to many other students who are behind the scenes and have contributed tirelessly and immensely to bring out this episode on this special day of Krishna and. The recording was done on the day of Ekadarshi. These coincidences are not mere coincidences, but it is a play of the Lord. It is His Leela. It is His showering of His love and thereby holds a special place in each one of our hearts. Each statement in this episode is a learning by itself. I'm sure each one of us will have to listen to it several times to grasp the real meaning of it. And my top three learnings include whatever might be your profession, see to it that it aligns with your skills and abilities so that success will definitely follow you. My second learning is that carry out your duties without being attached to them. My third learning is that show respect towards every person whom you encounter. And I would request each one of you to share your learnings. Here's a special announcement today. Share one implementable learning from this episode which you resonated with. To win a chance for a live interaction with Guru Gadoo in Bangalore, which includes a walk, a talk, and a delicious breakfast. And for uh, out-of-town participants, we have a 15 minutes exclusive online one-to-one meeting to discuss work-life challenges. So don't miss out this unique learning opportunity and this networking experience. Do care to share this episode with your friends as well. The call to action now is rate and review the podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcast and share your learning as quickly as possible. We are always waiting to hear from you. And thank you so much for being such a wonderful listener. Thank you.